everyone, and welcome to the Showing Up to Life podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Art Burns, and I'm excited to be here with you today. Um, I'm excited to <laughs> tell you this story that I thought I started telling you yesterday, but it turned out I was telling a completely different story. You know, that reminds me of like, you know, you see in like movies. I mean, I guess this actually happens in like rock and roll tours and stuff like that, right? Where, where the, the singer will be like, all right, thank you, Cleveland. And oh, we're in Milwaukee. Sorry. You know, like... <laughs> It was that kind of vibe where I was like, uh-oh, I just, you know, I like, just found myself just naked and alone up here, you know. But anyway, uh, let me tell you this story because this is really, really valuable, okay, especially when it comes to our relationships. All right, so the other day, um, my dear, wonderful wife, she made a mistake, okay, and it was a mistake that was honest, and it was a mistake that was natural, and it was a mistake that was in all good intention. Right. And and in there was nothing to hide, no, no duplicity, no uh, deception. It was simply a decision that was made that was not an appropriate decision. OK, let's just leave it at that. The details are not really that important. OK, but what is important is that the decision that she made right, impacted several different areas of our lives and our relationship. And this is something that happens with almost all the decisions we make, right? There's, there's very few decisions we make that, that live inside this vacuum, right, that don't impact the rest of our lives, right? And this decision was no different, okay? So this decision had an impact on our finances. It had, you know, she, you know, she, she bought something that we weren't really in a position to buy and that kind of thing, right? So, so it impacted our, our finances. It impacted our ability to, you know, manage certain bills and avoid certain late fees and that kind of stuff. And it also impacted our uh, schedule, you know, in terms of like, you know, um, the schedule of the children and, and need for childcare, which we really don't have access to and all this kind of stuff, right? And so here's the thing, right? The decision itself is made in an instant, right? Boom. I just made the decision and I took some action on that decision. That action, that decision, literally in an instant. The whole action probably took her maybe, let's say, 10 minutes to do, right? It was buying an airline ticket. I guess I might as well just tell you the details. So so she she must travel to uh, Canada. Her, her father, sadly, is in uh, hospice care. And so they just opened the, the border to Canada. So she's trying to get up there to, to see him. You know, it's it's tragic and it's sad and everything. But, you know, the, anyway, I don't want to get, you know, it's her thing. I don't want to talk too much about it, right? My stuff, I talk, but, you know, it's not my stuff. But anyway, so she bought this airline ticket, right? And and it's the kind of thing where, like, she's going to be reimbursed by her family and that kind of thing. And so it's like, you know, we're, we're all good. Like, it's going to be okay in the end, right? But, you know, uh, you know, it really wasn't a great time to buy that ticket, on Wednesday night when she did it, right? Like it caused this rippling effect of all this stuff. And that's the point is that it's a rippling effect, right? And if you look at ripples, right, they're happening over a, a space, but also time, right? And that's the thing. When, when we make a decision, right, the implications of that decision and the, the sort of, if you will, fallout of that decision are going to be made known over a period of time. Now, sometimes that time is very quick, 
right? If, you know, if, if a house is burning down, but even that, right? Even if you see something that's like, uh, you know, like a burning house, right? Like, yes, immediately you're going to realize that all the belongings are gone and all this and all that and all that. But then you, you're going to soon realize that, oh my gosh, I got to reapply for, um, you know, a social security card or a, you know, birth certificate. Like I, I didn't even think that that was in the fire too, you know, that kind of stuff that you might not realize for years later, Right. And so what happens with what happened the other night with our decision was that with the decision that that um, that my wife made and our conflict from that decision is that I, I started to realize all these other things like, oh, yeah. And then there's also this thing. And then, oh, man, and now I can't do that. And this kind of, you know, unfolds over a period of time. And for our situation, it wound up being over maybe about, you know, an overnight period, right? Like we, we first had the discussion at like seven o'clock in the evening, eight o'clock in the evening. And then like, you know, by the next day I was, you know, by 10 a.m. I was realizing the last of the things, right? So something like that. So it didn't go on for days and weeks and weeks, which is good, which, well, which was advantageous for us because it allowed us to see this thing that I'm talking about here, right? Because this is really, really important. So heads up here. Okay. In the past, especially for me, and now this, of course, arises from my own trauma of, you know, my parents were, you know, the, the first thing that they did was to assign blame for a situation, right? It wasn't about, you know, dealing with the situation. It was about letting you know that you're the one who messed this up, right? Now, again, they got that from their parents. Their parents probably got it from their parents and on and on and on and on. So, so it's not, I, I've forgiven everybody. It's not like that, but that's the reality, right? And that's my nervous system. That's the way that I process things. And, and many of you out there might have similar sort of, you know, aspects of your nervous system, which are ways and, you know, sort of uh, tendencies and, and, and uh, habits that you've picked up from your parents and your grandparents and your great-grandparents and so on and so on and so on, right? It might not be exactly like mine, but I'm sure that somehow they fit this same pattern, right? Because I don't think I'm alone here right? And what would happen in the past is that every time I realized, like, okay, first the initial thing was like, oh, crap, you know, you, you really, uh, that, that money, you know, I, I had that money set for paying these bills and I already paid these couple of bills, so I don't know if we even had enough in the, in the account for what you just spent. And then, so there, there's that, now, a little while later, we find out that, in fact, the, the bank account is overdrawn. And then we think a little bit ahead and we realize that, oh, crap, there's these other bills that need to be paid, too. And then we go ahead and then and then I realized the next morning I said, oh, well, but wait a minute, the date that you're, you decide to go, that's the date that I have this other thing. And so we're going to have to find a babysitter like, you know, so each one of those things, and there was a couple others in between, but each one of those realizations right, in the past would have been another sort of opportunity, basically another conflict. It would have been a little mini argument. And, and each one of those, I would have said, you see this also, blah, 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 right? But the thing is, pardon me while I take a sip of my delicious yogi uh, vanilla spice perfect energy tea. <laughs> Still not getting any money from them, but hopefully someday. <laughs> um, and then the decisions my wife makes <laughs> might be less impactful. But anyway, um, you know, the thing is that I, you know, I come from, and, and this is also in fairness, just a little side note here that, um, you know, just to let you know financially what I'm talking about here is that my wife and I come from a place of, you know, we used to both make, you know, well over $100,000 
$10,000 a year, you know? So it was like money was like whatever, you know, we just always had money to throw at a plane ticket or whatever. Well, doing this kind of work is not so lucrative. You know, I got paid very, very well to sell tobacco products to people, right? But saving people is a lot less lucrative, apparently. So anyway, that's the reason. It's not like we're poor and, and broke and dying here, but but things are tight. You know, we're, we're basically just making it by. And so, so you know, a, a $700, $800, you know, whopper of a, of a bill is like, oh, you know, like I didn't know. Anyway, so, so in the past, each one of those realizations, right? Like when I realized that, oh, but then we have to pay the, this payment and that payment. And, and each one of those would have been another opportunity for me to say, you see what a horrible thing you did, right? But again, that's not fair, right? Because it's all coming from one single decision, one single mistake, one single flaw, one single drop of the ball, one single F up. But it is one single F up. And so to blame someone over and over and over for the same thing is, I mean, that's borderline lunacy. Like that's just, that's, that's how could we do that to each other? And how can we do that to ourselves is another question, right? Because we do, right? If you make a single decision in the morning that ripples out throughout your day, every time you find that thing, every time you feel that thing, every time you recognize the mistake that you made, you're going to blame yourself a little more. You're going to beat on yourself a little bit more. Now, I don't know if it comes across as a physical thing like I just did. And again, that's my, that's what I learned, right? So maybe you have more of a, uh, you know, maybe it's more of a shame kind of feeling rather than an anger feeling, right? Like I don't feel a lot of shame. That's not a thing for me, but anger is a thing for me. I get angry at myself. I get wrong. What the F is wrong with you? Not outside, internally. And so, so this is the, this is the thing, right? Like when we're, when we're beating ourselves up over it, right? Then, or beating each other up over it, right? What we're actually doing is we're, we're closing down any opportunity for growth and healing, right? Because we're putting each other into or either ourselves or our partners, we're putting them into the stress response, right? Because, because the minute somebody feels attacked, whether it's you're attacking yourself with the, God, what's the matter with you? Or you're attacking the other person. It was like, you see everything, you, you know, I'm going to point out every single you know, consequence to the single decision you made. Every time we do that, we put the other person or ourselves into the stress response. And in the stress response, you're not learning, you're not growing, you're just surviving. And that's the way it works, right? And so what's the, what's the solution here? It's the F word, <laughs> forgiveness. That's what it is, right? We got to forgive that somebody just made a mistake. And yes, there's going to be fallout, there's going to be ramifications, there's going to be consequences, but if I can forgive the person, whether that person is myself or my partner, a colleague, an associate, a, a, just a stranger out in the world, if I can forgive them, then it allows me to see the reality, the, the accurate 
reality of what's really happening, right? That these are not four, five different things for me to beat somebody else up over, but they're just four or five manifestations of the same one thing that I already address with them. So there's no need to keep going because in keep going, what we're doing is we're pushing each other away from each other. We're, we're, you know, again, closing down communication. We're closing down healing. We're closing down understanding. We're closing down harmony. We're closing down flow. And you know what this means is that we're growing further and further and further apart from each other, not closer and closer and closer and closer to each other. And that also applies to ourselves. We're moving further and further and further away from that inner nobility, that beautiful authenticity that we all have. Every time we beat ourselves up over a single mistake that has many different ramifications, each time we beat ourselves up over each one of those single ramifications, we are moving further and further away from connection to that authenticity. And that authenticity, by the way, happens to be one of the greatest tools you have to live in this world in which we find ourselves. The most beautiful part of it is that the forgiveness F word is as easy and natural as the other F word. <laughs> Perhaps even more so. Because it comes naturally. It really does. It, it's just you, you, you know, forgiveness is a, it's just a letting go, right? It's not a big deal. It's not a big sort of ceremonial thing. It's not something where you have to contact the person you're forgiving and let them know you've forgiven them and, 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 and throw yourself at their mercy and do some kind of penance or anything like that. It's not what it is. It's not at all what it is. Forgiveness is just putting down the load that you're carrying. To say that, you know, well, as I mean, Jack Cornfield put it the best, I think, right, in, in his book called The Wise Heart. Um, and I think he's mentioned this otherwise, but um, Jack says that forgiveness is giving up all hope for a better past. <laughs> and forgiveness allows us to laugh at it, allows us to see the folly of how, you know, oh my gosh, look what I used to do. It's so silly. Now, in the past, I would have beaten myself up for beating myself up over the all the time, right? It just bah, 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 beat up, beat up, beat up, mash myself into the ground just over and over and over and over. And then I wonder why I have anger issues. And then I wonder why I'm in such a messy place in my life. <laughs> and that's another thing. As I told you, my income level and stuff, you know, back then... <laughs> I was like way more of a mess with all with everything. I mean, I had plenty of money, so there was always enough money to throw at the the person that was demanding it the loudest. But I was a mess back then, as far as it was, you know. I was just, you know, I mean, I made all that money, but I still at the end of the month had nothing to show for it, basically, right? I mean, that's how bad it was. Now, of course, we had, you know, substance abuse issues and all kinds of other things that that tie into this, so it's not a normal situation at all. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's really in forgiving myself and in, in working on myself, I'm living on literally, I mean, we are living on literally less than 25% of what we used to live on. And we're happier now. And <laughs> we're more comfortable now. We're more cozy and healthy now than we were then. And forgiveness has a lot to do with it. And so how do you practice forgiveness? You first start very, very small, very small. Okay, you forgive the person who dropped a, a gum wrapper on the sidewalk. You forgive the person who, you know, even if that didn't bother you before, 
you know, notice the gum wrapper, you know, feel your resentment for the gum wrapper and then forgive it, right? Forgive the person who cuts in front of you in traffic. Forgive the person who, um, you know, the person who took, you know, took your order wrong at Starbucks or something like that. You know, forgive the little things. Forgive yourself for the little things. Forgive yourself for not calling that friend like you said you were going to. Forgive yourself for not, you know, sending in the bill before a certain date. You know, forgive yourself for these little things. And again, start small. And over time, as you keep forgiving yourself in these little ways, you'll start forgiving some of the bigger stuff too. And that's where the magic happens. All right, everybody. I'll see you in the next segment. All right, everybody. Welcome back to segment number two on this Saturday, November 13th, if I'm not mistaken. So happy to have you back here with me. Um, so in this segment... I want to talk about something. Well, this is for all my fellas out there, first of all. Okay. And of course, the ladies, you, you should listen to this too, because if you got fellas in your life, this is all important stuff. And the reason why I'm, I'm reaching out to the fellas is because this November, no, not just this November, but every November is Men's Mental Health Awareness Month. Okay. Now, I am very fortunate to have you here to listen to me talk about my own mental health issues. Okay, so I am I am able to become very much aware of my own mental health issues because I have you to talk about with it, right? I mean, I think I mentioned the other day that I've spent the last, you know, literally 50 years, you know, or at least 40-something years, you know, living with the, the effects of trauma that I didn't even realize were there until maybe nine months ago. And I've been married to a woman for 20 years, I mean, not... We've been together for 22 years. We've been married for 15 years. And I never once spoke to her about this trauma until two weeks ago. Never once. That's how hard it is for men sometimes to talk about what's going on mentally, emotionally. Because not only are we, you know, we're, we're, you know, you know, uh, programmed or, or, you know, um, um, <laughs> I'm losing my words here, but, but we're conditioned. That's the word I was looking for. We're conditioned to suck it up, right? We're conditioned to man up, rub some dirt on it, move on, get it fixed and keep going. Right. And, and the more in the Western world, this is even more so, right? Specifically the United States, right? It's all about, come on, progress, 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 right? And it's and this is a real thing. And not only does this put a lot of pressure on us in terms of, you know, feeling as though the 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 mental health issues that we might be experiencing are a source of shame, right? And and embarrassment, right? They're signs of weakness and flaws, and that's not good. We can't let the world see that, right? Not only is that true, but at the same time, the same mechanism also conditions us not to talk about what we're going through, right? Literally, I mean, I've been married to my wife for, I mean, we've been living together for 22 years. And I never once told her the story of my trauma. And literally, like five minutes into a 20-minute telling her about it, she was sobbing uncontrollably, hearing the details of this thing. Right? 
That's the closest person to me. She's my best friend. She's my partner. She's my, you know, we have such a close relationship. That's how much we are conditioned, you know? And this goes also for therapy. I mean, I remember, you know, friends of mine who, you know, 20 years ago I was hanging out with and I had a girlfriend who like talked me into going to a therapy session. I told one of my friends about it. He's like, what? Are you kidding me? Come on. You did not do that. Oh my God, you're not crazy. Come on, have a beer. That's a true story, right? And so in light of of Men's Mental Health Awareness Month, you know, I wanted to draw a a, a little attention to something here. And and, well, I mean, first of all, in order to be aware of anything, right, in order to to bring awareness to men's men's mental health in this month or any month, you know, we got to be curious about it. Right? We got to like want to know what's going on, right? And so I think there's a, I think there's a, a, an opportunity here in our society to, to start, you know, normalizing asking questions. You know, so often, and this is something I've been, I haven't done this in, you know, almost 10 years now that, you know, one of the first things in my mindfulness journey, actually, that I started doing, and probably maybe even over 10 years now, um, was that I stopped asking when I met somebody, I stopped saying, you know, when I see somebody, encounter somebody, a salutation, I stopped using the question, hey, how are you as a salutation? That's the way I should have said it. (laughs) That's the way I would have written it. (laughs) Um, I stopped doing that because it's BS. It's not intentional. It's not, it's not aware because most of the time, what's the answer? I'm fine. How are you? Right? There's no truth there. There's no real curiosity. There's no, and it's just such a rote thing. Like one person says, hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Now we start the conversation. So what is that? You know, so I stopped doing that again, like 10 years ago. And instead what I've done is instead of asking any question at all, I just say, hey, it's nice to see you. Because that's usually how I feel about someone, right? I might even say, hey, you look great today. Or hey, it's, isn't this a beautiful day? Are you enjoying the day? You know, really connecting with someone. But we can also use that same process, that same mindful awareness of how we're saluting each other. We can also do that with a more direct question, right? And I think this is an opportunity that lies before us right now. And this is something I'm trying to promote here is that we can ask the men in our lives and the women too, of course. I mean, there's nothing nothing wrong with asking about women's mental health, right? But again, women are able to talk about it more. The, the person who taught, who got me started on my journey, the one who I told you uh, gave me the line, uh, if it's hysterical, it's historical. Her name is Eileen O'Hare. She's an amazing woman. And she told me when I was first thinking about doing this stuff, I was like, you know, I feel like I should try to help men. Yeah. And she's like, oh yeah. And she's like, the, the women have it. You know, the women are doing it. The women have circles. The women have friends. The women get together and talk about this stuff. You men got to do the work, is what she told me. And so I'm trying to do that, you know? So, so maybe what I'd like to suggest to you as, as all of my friends, my tribe out there, is maybe we can all kind of commit, even just for the two weeks that are left in this month of Men's Mental Health Awareness Month, maybe we can commit to asking direct questions of the men in our lives. And again, and the women, not excluding women, but really making sure we do it for the men. So instead of saying, hi, how are you? Maybe we're asking, hey, are you feeling okay today? Or hey, what kind of stress are you feeling right now? 
Or, hey, how's your emotions today? Or, hey, is there something you'd like to talk about? Because I'm here to listen, even just for a minute or two. Or, hey, is there anything that's triggered you today? Right? These are all examples of way, ways we can reach out and really connect with one another. They're curious questions. They're not, hi, how are you, just to get the formality, right? It's, they're, they're curious. They're, they're wanting to know. They're wanting to connect. They're wanting to understand. And so maybe that's a good starting point, you know? So the other thing I wanted to mention here, and I'm kind of short on time here, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, you know, one of the things, and this is all for my fellas out there, right? That, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways in which this society that we're living in, it's just not, you know, like, you know, I did a TikTok video earlier about this. So this is the way I said it on the TikTok video. It's only a minute, so I should be able to squeeze this in. So in the, uh, you know, our nervous systems and our brains have been evolving over 180,000 years. And, and even beyond that, really, because the, the, the brainstem and the vagus nerve and the, and the autonomic nervous system, sympathetic and parasympathetic, that's our fight or flight system, right? That's our stress system. And that has existed for millions of years. Right, that that could be, you know. I believe that even the the first creature to crawl out of the primordial ooze and, and out of the water and well, not the primordial ooze, but but the first creature, the first multicellular complex organism to crawl out of the water and onto land, millions of years ago, had a brainstem and a nervous system. Of course, it was different from ours. It's it's evolved since then, but you know, but that's how old this is. And that's the part of your body that, 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 that is the fight or flight. That's your stress. That's the thing that responds to the world around you. Okay, so now why is that important? That's important because the amount of time that we've been living in modern industrialized society is only about 500 years. So literally, if we took like, you know, I could take like the, the, the spine of a book here, right? And I'm, I'm, you know, it's ironically Machiavelli's The Prince <laughs> that happens to be on my desk. But if I took this whole span, so I'm, I'm just, for all of you on the podcast, I'm just looking at the spine of a book, right? That's maybe about eight inches long. If this represents the entirety of, of you know, our nervous system evolution, then modern society is like a, a speck of dust on the corner that I could just flick off here. It's nothing. So the point is that, that we're not built for the social pressures that we're... And of course, if you add on to this, the role that men have been playing in this society for the last few thousand years of patriarchy, which is really confused and really just irrational on so many levels, I, I mean, we're not made to be living the way that we're made to live. And that is difficult. And that, especially for men, can often result in a feeling of complete overwhelm, of feeling like I just can't live up to what, I'm, what is expected of me. And when we get into that place of feeling overwhelmed, we feel like there's something wrong with me. I'm not a good man. I'm not enough of a man. And that's the opportunity for self-compassion. Because it's not you, 
right? It's the way this world is. It's not, we're not made for this. We have not, we have not caught up evolutionarily to, to manage this. And if you look at technology, like having a computer and an iPhone and a, a podcast and a, you know, and a, a Lexus, <laughs> you know, Alexis in the, in the room and Siri and all this stuff. I mean, that's only the last 20 years that we've, even less than that. <laughs> So the world is changing far, far faster than our, our biological evolution can catch up. It's going to be another 500 years before we're really capable of living in the, in the technology that we're living. And what's technology going to look like then, right? And so in that moment where you're feeling overwhelmed, it's important to recognize that this is not the way that we're supposed to live. And you might not feel as overwhelmed if you were living on the plains, you know, in in, in caves and tents and stuff like that, right? And so once you realize that it's not you, right, it's, it's that your, your body's not made for this, well, then that allows you to re- recognize that we're all in this position. All of us are struggling with this crap. This world just beats us all up. And now once you felt that, now you can give yourself some support and some compassion through that. And once you've done that, I hope that the next step you take is to reach out and get support from someone else and to give support. Because just you reaching out to someone else, especially if it's another man, you're not only helping yourself with that, but you're also giving that person an opportunity to now share his struggles his fears, his worries. And these little steps, I believe, are where we're going to start, where we're going to wind up being, you know, healing and and, and coming, becoming whole again. And while it's not specifically geared towards men, this is exactly what my upcoming program that starts a week from today is all about, okay? And so, I'm going to, I finished my uh, sales page or, you know, registration page on that. So there's going to be a link in the description. Um, Again, early bird pricing the next couple of days, whatever. I mean, just reach out. Um, Let me know if you're interested. But there is a, 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 a payment module in the link that I'm going to send. So if you want to sign up and you are in the next couple of days, I'll just, I'll refund you the $22, right? Because I, I can't, it's a little complicated for me to set up discounts and stuff like that on PayPal. Just, I'm not there yet. <laughs> My personal evolution has not reached that stage yet. So, um, so for now, we're just going to do it manually. So everybody who signs up in the next 48 hours, I will just rebate you $22. Okay. Um, and so that's going to be in the description on the, uh, in this video or in the email that you're, you're receiving and the podcast and, uh, you reach out and let me know if you have any questions. All right. All right, everybody have a great day and I wish you well. Talk to you soon. Don't forget to reach out to those men in your life. All right, everybody. Bye-bye.